The word of God is light. It is life. It actively works. It is effective. It penetrates. It rejuvenates. Oh my, oh my. An encounter with God's word is life-changing. It is life-enhancing. You are listening to a podcast by Prophet Gomezio Shamey. John Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse 8 to 9. The Bible says, We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. Next verse. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm, 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 I'm doing a continuation on a message that I taught yesterday. And it's a continuation on the subject of spiritual stamina. For those that did not have access to the sermon, you can find it on all our listening platforms. You can even search for it on YouTube. And for the sake of, you know, an understanding, a corporate understanding, there will be a few things that I will be touching so that we all run together. Praise be to God. Now, Paul is writing in the scripture that we actually beamed. And he's writing to saints of God. He's writing to believers, showing them that there is a place where they can experience supernatural stamina, supernatural strength that can cause them to remain standing strong in life. You have to understand when you study the history of Paul that this man went through a lot of things. In fact, just when he became born again, the Bible shows us that him who used to persecute people, now people began to persecute him. Jews tried to start killing him. Imagine. He got born again in Acts chapter 9, but already in verse 14. They've already stoned him. They've already beaten him. Sometimes just for his safety, the disciples used to hide him. He went through so much. Now imagine this man is not even a deacon yet. He's not even, you know, a pastor or whatsoever. He's just a newly born again believer. Who loves God? And we, we heard the testimony here today and uh, Mr. Daniel explained how he got born again. But it's like when he got born again, he experienced the hard knocks of life. Hallelujah. But Paul is writing to the believers, showing them that, yes, I need you to understand that we will not be exempt from troubles. I need you to understand that we will not be exempt from tough times. Those things follow events 
that definitely are going to happen in the last days. Because the Bible says it. There will be perilous times. There will be difficult times. But what's very interesting is that while Paul is writing to the people, he's telling them, okay, even though I'm writing this, I'm writing to you in prison right now. I'm facing a tough time. But don't worry. If they're going to press you on every side, no matter the kinds of problems that you're going to face, the ultimate stance for you is that you're going to remain standing strong. No matter how they're going to push you, no matter how they're going to strike you down, your ultimate stance is that you're not going to be destroyed. What does he mean? Remember even in his writings, he says they will strike you down. But you will not be destroyed. But what happens when you're not destroyed? You have to get back up. Isn't that so? And this is what Paul is writing to the believers. Showing them that there is a place where no matter what comes and intimidates your life, intimidates things around you, you can remain standing strong. You can have this spiritual stamina. And I went on to explain how stamina is very, very important because it is actually a trait of God. God himself is a God who you cannot really measure his stamina. It's immeasurable. His strength is unmeasurable. It's so great. And I explained how his strength is great. Number one, he's never, he never sleeps nor slumbers. I also explained how the Bible says his eyes and ears are open and attentive to our prayers. Imagine the Bible says his eyes are over the righteous. Imagine what strength and what capacity you would need to keep looking at everyone constantly without blinking. And the Bible says his ears are attentive to our prayer. His ears are attentive. It requires stamina. Imagine we're here, all of us were praying. I said, begin to start praying. But your neighbor will be confused. What is Deacon Peter praying? Hmm? This other neighbor will be confused. What is Bridget praying? But concerning the Lord, even though we're in a place like this, even though we begin to pray corporately, the Bible says his ears are attentive. He hears all of you clearly at once. So he knows that Deacon Peter is saying, Lord, I want this. He knows that Deacon Samuel is saying, Lord, June is coming soon. He knows that, you know, he hears every prayer. Attentive. That's a, that's a powerful trait. People all over the world might be praying even this time. Imagine if maybe 1.5 billion people are praying right now. God is able to hear attentively. That's a trait. Now, just as God is a great God that exerts a lot of stamina and strength, guess what? He requires you and I to carry the same traits. Because you have to understand that we are the offspring of God. 
And if we are the offspring of God, what did he say? He said, let us make, let us make man in our own image and in our likeness. In, our, in my image to look like me. In my likeness to act like me. So he expects us to carry out and walk in the same virtues that he actually has. And one of the virtues that I'm explaining today is stamina. And I said stamina is a capacity to exert strength. Stamina is a capacity to endure. Stamina is a capacity to be active. Stamina is a capacity to recover quickly. So even recovery, recovering quickly has something to do with your stamina. Glory to God. I'll give an example. Please, let's, let's have... Um, I used to use Nitichi now, since it stopped. I'll, I'll have Adrian. Uh, let's have Adrian come to the front. And uh, let's have Timothy come to the front. Why are you laughing? I've, I've just called for an example. Just Yeah, you can just be here. Okay, Bolan, come this side. Yeah, you can come this side. Glory to God. Some of you already have started getting a, a, a sermon right now. Now, here is Adrian and here is uh, Timothy. Um, believers. Uh-huh. Children of God. In fact, if we're, if we're going to analyze it on, on, on a physical perspective, we're going to say they are both gentlemen. Yeah, one is more gentle, but... <laughs> Yeah, but they are both gentlemen, okay? They are both gentlemen, they are both gents, they are both males. Now, you also have to understand that they've got a different uh, physical makeup. It's very evident and clear. Now, imagine if today, maybe uh, I got a whip and whipped... Adrian on his back and also decide to whip Timothy on his back. Who do you think will scream? Adrian, right? <laughs> Who do you think will scream? Huh? <laughs> now, everyone is saying Obviously, he's going to scream, but I don't agree. He will scream. But, now, there's a reason why he's going to scream. Obviously, it might have to do with absence of enough fat or something like that. But I want to show you that I can use the same amount of energy to whip both of them. But even though I use the same amount of energy, it will affect them differently. It will affect them differently. Why? Because of their makeup. Do you know that in the same way, spiritually, depending on how stable you are, certain things will affect you differently. Depending on how formed you are spiritually, even if, let's say, uh, 
you know, uh, I maybe hold his neck and do this to him. Okay? For Timothy, him, he'll be like, Ish, that hurts. If I would do it to Adrian, maybe he'll be like, ah, someone was catching me. Now, notice I am, I am doing something against them. But their response is different. Why is their response different? Because of their stamina levels. I'm trying to show you that there are certain things that can be thrown towards us in life. But I, please, hear me very, very carefully. Uh, it's, it's just an example. But if you remain Timothy, there are certain things that are going to affect you greatly. But if you switch and go to Adrian, there are certain things that will not even shake you. Someone will say to you, you are a satanist. Then here, in the Timothy stage, you start crying. Monitor a satanist. And then again, someone will say, you are a satanist. Yet in the Adrian stage, I know I'm a child of God. I've got no, I don't need even to answer such things. I know who I am. Then from the Adrian stage, there's a pastor. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But I'm just trying to make you understand this analogy. Just like just as your physical stature and your, your, your physical stamina is important to help you stand in this physical life, your spiritual stamina is important as well. I remember there was a time somebody told me, Pastor, someone told me they don't like me. I'm depressed. I said, you're depressed because someone doesn't like you. Honestly, when I heard that, um, I said, are you really serious? How can you say, I'm depressed because someone doesn't like you? But well, she was really depressed. But while I was telling her, are you really serious? Thank you, you may be seated. While I was telling her, are you really serious? The Lord told me, as you are relating with her, you are relating to her using your strength. And using your stamina. So don't do that. What do you do instead? Comfort them. But bring them to a higher place of stamina. And that's how I thought, oh, so many believers need to be strengthened. So many believers need to have great stamina inside of them. Because there are so many things that are really affecting many believers. Many things. Today someone tells you, I'm blocking you. Affected. Um, You're not even going to eat because they've blocked you. You applied for an interview. They did not pick you. When you. Even when you were going to that interview, you were declaring. The Bible says, I'm the head and not the tail. I have the anointing. For me, I cannot be rejected. Yet the final result is that you were rejected. And after you experience such a thing, something within you said, ah, what's the point? 
What's the point of me going forward? What's the point of me declaring these things? They don't work. What are you lacking? Stamina. You had a headache. You prayed for it. In the name of Jesus, go. It started reducing. You were happy that something was happening. You prayed again. In the name of Jesus, go. It went. But after two hours, it came back. But it came back worse. And this time when you're declaring, it seems like nothing is changing. The more you say, in the name of Jesus, you also feel... Ah, I'm sure you know those headaches. And because of that, you just said, ah, what is this? Has God abandoned me? What has made you faint? Stamina. Lacking it. That's why the Bible tells us, if you faint on the day of battle, your strength your stamina is small. Notice it says you. It didn't, it didn't say the enemy is bigger. It didn't say you are fainting because the enemy was stronger. It didn't say you are fainting because the enemy was more powerful. It says you are fainting because your stamina is small. And that's why we were learning how to stir up stamina within us. And yesterday we looked at how to stir up stamina using the stream of knowledge. Because the Bible says, they that increase in knowledge, increase in strength. That's in the book of Proverbs. They that increase in knowledge, increase in strength. So when you have knowledge of certain things, there is a certain strength that you have. Imagine if someone would come to me and say, Pastor, I want to report that Deacon Samuel stole 500 kwacha from me. Because I have a certain knowledge about Deacon Samuel, and because I know him to a certain degree, I will not be moved by what that person is saying. But if I was not sure about Samuel, I'll begin to think slowly, slowly. I say, eh? You see that? So knowledge is empowering. Knowledge steers up strength, steers up stamina within you. And there are certain things you need to understand. And know as a child of God that will enable you not to be shaken by so many things. Yesterday we said, what knowledge do you need to have? We said, number one, situations will come, but you've been wired to overcome. That's a knowledge. You, you've got to have a knowledge that I'm, I'm wired to overcome. I am wired to walk in victory. I am wired to win. That's, that's, that's the kind of knowledge I work with. Jesus said, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Notice, he did not say the gates of hell will not fight. 
He says the gates of hell will just not prevail. Meaning they will come, but they will not prevail. They will fight, but they will not win. It's a revelation. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness. It's telling you, there's a wrestling match. (laughs) But then it says, don't worry, put on the full armor of God. That you may be able to withstand. It's even told you the result. They'll fight you, but don't worry. Put on the full armor of God. Take up the shield of faith. Take up the sword of the spirit. Telling you different things altogether. So when you have a knowledge of certain things, you have stamina already. I'll give you an example. I'll show you. I'll show you something. How many here believe they can be bewitched? If you are, don't be shy. How many here believe they can be bewitched? Okay, how many here believe they can't be bewitched? I'm sure witches are watching. <laughs> ah, why are you putting your hands down? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Have you not? I, I said I'm sure witches are watching. Not a. Not a. What's happening? Huh? Listen, when you have a certain knowledge of certain things, certain things will not affect you. I remember watching uh, one minister of the gospel and he was talking about witchcraft because so many people were busy complaining about witchcraft. He stood up and says, the witch that can look into my face is not yet born. I said, ish. This is serious. Uh, said, Lord, take me to that level. Uh, this is not yet born. I wonder if it will ever be born. Not, he did not say the one that can attack me. He says the one that can look into my face. is not yet born. He had the knowledge. He understood. There's another man who once, you know, slept and he had a he had an encounter and then when he woke up he noticed i don't know how he knew but he noticed it was the visitation of satan himself and so when he looked towards the door he just said ah can't you see you satan and he went back to sleep <laughs> what knowledge did he have What knowledge did he have? That even Satan himself, he would go back to sleep. But some of you, it's not even Satan. An innocent cat. And I don't know why we make all cats witches. An innocent cat. Mwau! Babuela. How are you? Iwechie, Patricia, please, please. Please, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Hallelujah. And you begin to start praying. We pray for the blood of Jesus. We bind it. We lose it. We protect it. Are you protecting the enemy? I don't know now if it's the blood of Jesus, whether you are playing on the enemy or what. Confusion in your prayer. Why? No knowledge. It's been over 10 years that I've never prayed a prayer of protection. 
over. Lord, protect me. Huh? Why? There's a knowledge. Some of you want to plead with God to protect you. Sleeping with a Bible. Dear Lord, I actually know people who are not even Catholics, but they get rosaries as well and sleep with them. No knowledge. Trust me, I was in your place. I know, not you. I'm talking to the others. Yeah. I was in your place. I feared so much evil. And because of that, it gave me a certain consciousness. And I'll tell you one thing. Because when you don't have knowledge, and you start believing negative things, you need to understand that belief is a magnet. It's a magnet. Now, belief can, belief, belief can, can transition in different things. It can transition into faith or it can transition into fear. So when you transition it into faith, it attracts things from God. Because the Bible says, uh, through faith, it's impossible. without faith, it's impossible to please God. And that's why you will notice, every time there's a manifestation of, the faith, of faith, there can't be fear as well. Fear will attract negative things. So here you are believing that something bad will happen to you. Because your knowledge base is weak. You don't have stamina, you now start attracting. I'll tell you this. If you really think to yourself that witches visit you at night, there's a possibility they'll start coming. If you really think to yourself when you're sleeping at, eh, kapena ka, ka, ka evil spirit, kazabuela, trust me, is that abuela? And if, if, perhaps if you've seen from your experiences, have you noticed the more you think maybe something evil is following you? Eventually, it's like you feel it. You even feel it like a dark presence. Like ah. Sometimes it starts with fear, but it becomes a reality. Because both fear and faith are catalysts. I felt like that. I remember. I couldn't, for me, sleeping. I, I couldn't sleep with my... I know many people have got reasons why they don't cover their heads with blankets. Others because it's hot. Me, I felt... If I cover myself, Nishnaswakamo, coffee. Uh, that, was, that was my thought. Yeah. If I cover myself, maybe I've, I've put myself in a coffin. And it was really, really scary for me. And so sometimes when I'm sleeping and I try to cover myself, and, and, and obviously those times we used to suffer a lot, my mosquito. So you just have to cover yourself. And I covered myself. And I remember a time I felt like a presence has come in my room. Hey, the way I kicked that blanket. Hey, hey, hey. Ah-ah. And people are looking at me. Well, what's happening? But then again, I said, ah, let me just sleep. And that was the time, I always, I always share this, but that was the time I heard God clearly. And by the way, me saying this, I was a believer when I was scared of this, these all things. I was a believer. The Lord told me, why do you fear the presence of demons? Let demons fear your presence. Mm. 
Now, I was shocked with what the Lord was saying because I wanted to correct him. I said, but Lord, why are you saying my presence? Not your presence. Why should demons fear my presence, not your presence, Lord? I said, don't you remember that greater is he that lives in you and the one that's in the world? And I then, and I then woke up to an amazing revelation. I used to think demons were with me and I forgot God was actually inside of me. I forgot. From that time, because I carried that knowledge, do you know what started happening? I would move to certain places. And while I'm walking, meeting people, demons would manifest. You're just walking. What did I do? Now, have you noticed that happened not because I prayed and said, Lord, take me to a deeper, deeper level, but because I had knowledge. It's because I had knowledge. What do you know? And sense of God, when I'm telling, talking about knowledge, I'm not talking about head knowledge. I'm talking about knowledge that settles within your spirits. And I'll tell you one thing. One way you want to know that you really have knowledge is how you respond when a particular situation comes. When you want to know that really this knowledge has settled in your spirit, how you respond. I remember I was moving at the farm one, one other time. It was dark and it was in a bush. So I tried. I started walking. I said, ah, I am the blessed of the Lord. I am protected. I'm walking in a bush. I am protected. Nothing can harm me. Yay! I started even running a bit. Now when I started running, I didn't realize that I was scaring a certain creature. Then it moved. In the bush. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, I thank God I was alone that day. I wondered the, the utterance that came from my lips, from my mouth. That was the first time I heard myself scream. I thank God you were not there. But I screamed and jumped. And I wondered, hey, what was that? But I was declaring, eh? Nothing can harm me. I am protected of the Lord. I just say, crack, crack, crack. yeah, 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 yeah. Viva, Jesus, viva. Like, like, wow. And then, I, I, I used my torch to check what it was. Aish, I felt embarrassed. It was a bulluzi. Lizard. Obviously, because I knew it was a lizard, I, I calmed down. But what if it was a snake? I wouldn't want to know. I'm trying to show you that one way you know that you really have knowledge, it's not about just quoting scriptures. Some, many people have had knowledge, but not in, the, not in, the, in their spirit. Remember, it's, it's not necessarily supposed to be in your head. For it to grow. Because your ground is here in your spirit. Many people know John 3 verse 16. Guess what? Even Satan quotes scripture. He knows why it's here. But never here. 
It will only effect change once it's here within your spirit. So knowledge is a powerful stream that will allow you, that will permit you, that will actually cause you to stir up stamina within you. When they told you that you are going to fail in life, how did you respond to it? When they told you you are a waste, how did you respond to it? When they told you that you, you are just, things will not work out for you, how do you respond to it? It may not even be about you. But what about when you heard bad news from your family? He said, I'm not going to sponsor you anymore. They told you, ah, just forget about these things of school. Just, just forget about this. How did you respond? That's what measures your stamina. Glory to God. And of course, if you want to understand the other things that I explained on, 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 on knowledge, you can read it up, or rather you can look at it in the sermon that I actually taught. But I want to ex- share with you another stream that you can actually um, steer up stamina within you. Number two is prayer. Prayer. Prayer is a stream that will help you stir up stamina. In Luke chapter 9 verse 28 to 29, the Bible shows us a time where Jesus was praying. Saints of God, Jesus used to pray. And you will notice every time Jesus used to pray, sometimes Jesus would be hungry, sometimes Jesus would be tired, sometimes Jesus would be in a place where it shows that truly this man is functioning as a man. But yet when he prayed, the Bible shows us there's something that used to be stirred up within him. Now, in Luke chapter, Luke chapter number 9, in verse 28, the Bible tells us, let's just go to it. This is a time where Jesus is praying. And I want to notice, I want you to see something that happens to Jesus. So about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up on the mountain to what? To pray. Now, what was happening when he prayed? Next verse. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. There's such a... (laughs) The appearance of his face changed. Uh Then it says, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. This is not figurative. It happened. His, His... his physical face changed because of what was happening within him. The prayer that he was making stirred up something which made his physical appearance change. And the Bible says his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. And I really love that because we learn something very powerful from this. Most of the times we think when we are praying, it's really because God wants it or whatsoever. I really like this because it shows us that our prayer is actually for our benefit. Prayer actually changes you, you yourself. It actually changes you yourself. 
So anytime you're going to neglect yourself on a place of prayer, what are you doing? You are, de- you are denying a place of transformation for yourself. And Jesus shows us how he's praying. And the Bible says his face changes. And his clothes are that of lightning. Another time he's praying in Luke chapter number 4. He's tired. And after he prays, the Bible says angels appear to him. And give him strength. So you see. In your prayer. Not only do you stir up strength within you. You begin to. You begin to. What word can I use? You begin to provoke agents of strength around you. Like angels. Sometimes you can just be not in a good, you know, in good books and you're not okay. You can just begin to start praying and say, Lord, things are not well for me. I ask that you give me grace. I ask that you do this. And then suddenly you receive a call from Deacon Peter. Ah, you know what? I felt like checking up on you. Ah, how? Deacon Peter said, I don't know, just something within me. Just wants me to check on you. But anyway, I may not know how you're feeling, but I just want to encourage you. God loves you. And because you prayed, an agent of strength around you has been steered. Sometimes in our moments of weakness, that's when we don't want to pray. But Jesus taught us to pray whether we are strong, to pray whether we are weak. To pray whether we are tired. To pray whether we are hungry. He showed us that. What happened when Jesus prayed when he was weak? The Bible says angels came. They ministered to him. In the same way. If we can engage ourselves in healthy prayer. Anytime things are not going our way. You don't know what you're doing. You're cooking up and stirring up something. That will help you. I remember another time I was really not okay. Yeah, I've had those moments. I was really not okay. I was discouraged. And the Lord told me, begin to start praying. And I started praying. Praying and praying and praying and praying. And after I prayed, he says, now, your answer has been released. I say, wow, okay. And immediately I was persuaded to start praising God. So I looked for a praise uh, playlist. You need to have a praise playlist in your phone. It's important sometimes. In your own room, you just want to dance, dance. So I did that. Started creating a praise playlist. Obviously, there were only like four songs. Most of them were worship. So I said, Ish. Okay. And I, I, and I began to start dancing. When I started dancing, saints of God, a person who was discouraged, suddenly, all that discouragement just went away. It just went away. I was filled with so much boldness. But I steered it up in the place of prayer. It's a stream. Paul prays for the saints in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16. He tells them, them, 
that I pray for you that you may be strengthened within your spirit with might. Yeah, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. You've seen where strength and stamina lie. It's in your inner being. Glory to God. But of course, if a saint says, okay, I, I don't really have much stamina to pray, at least then connect yourselves to people that can pray. Connect yourselves to people that pray. Learn to have prayer partners or prayer teams. In case you are uncomfortable with a prayer partner due to reasons known to yourself. <laughs> have prayer teams. And you post in that. You, you even know that in this prayer team, when I send this prayer point, these guys will not gossip about me. They will pray for me. They will not go and tell sister so and so. No. They will pray for you. They will encourage you. That's stamina. Hallelujah. Number three. Another stream of stamina is intimate fellowship with the Spirit or intimate fellowship with God. The Bible tells us that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. But it goes on to tell us, even though God is light, anytime we who may have traces of darkness appear before Him, because of His light, He dispels every trace of darkness. So in the same way, if God is a God that carries great stamina, and we feel we are weak within our bodies or within our uh, whatever facet of our life, to engage or have access to strength, we need to go before him and love him and know him. That's why I really question and I'm really shocked sometimes when people put God aside when they are going through things. It really shows that someone did not have a relationship with God. Praise be to God. It really shows that someone does not really have a relationship with God. That is an intimate. A relationship can be there, but it could be transactional. Yeah. But you, you may not have an intimate relationship with God. Imagine me who is a married man and... I go through a tough time and then I say, ah, honey, I'm going through things. Let me not be talking to you. We'll not be talking for the next one month until I sort out my things. And so we just meet at home. She cooks, I eat, I sleep. Does that make sense? Have you observed that even if I'm in my lowest moment, the first person I would want to tell is her. That shows that I have a relationship with her. An intimate one, that is. What about you? What do you do in your hardest times? What, who or what is the first channel that you want to communicate to? 
you're hurt. Is it, is it God that you're going to run to? Do you go to God and say, oh my father, my God, this thing that I'm experiencing, ish, it's quite heavy. Give me strength, give me stamina. Help me quickly recover. Or you begin to say to yourself, ish, what's the point of this Christianity? Where is this God? Something that God did not even initiate in your life. Imagine they fire me from work and I go home. You've seen what, I've, you've seen what they've happened. I've been fired. I go to my wife. I've been fired from work. My wife did not do anything. And then I go to her. Where were you? Why? I've been fired. You can't even be there for me. Are you seeing that it doesn't make sense? And that's how we go to God. Who did not even initiate your downfall. Or your sad reality. Yet you go to him and say, Lord. You've forgotten me. Do you even love me? Yourself, you are eating sweets. Chop, 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 chop. Your teeth become chani. And then when we get, to, we get to June, July, when your teeth start hurting, you start complaining. The same money which you refuse to pay partnership, you're buying sweets. Hey, you, yourself. And then you begin to blame God. So it's a good thing to actually have a beautiful and intimate relationship with God such that when you're in tough times, you just go before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going through fire. But thank you for your scriptures that have shown me great examples. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you were with them. Daniel, oh my goodness. You never, you never, you, you, you didn't hinder him from going to the lion's den, but you were with him in it. Father, in this fire that I'm experiencing, I acknowledge that you are with me. Listen, when you have revelation, you will not even say, Lord, be with me. You will say, I acknowledge. Because you know God wants to be with you already. You said it in your word that I will never leave you nor forsake you. But Lord, regardless, I will still worship you. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, I know someone who is able to deliver me from the fire. But even if he doesn't, I will not bow down. It says, even if. Whether I am healed or not, God remains the healer. Whether I am delivered or not, I will say, Lord, you are the great deliverer. That's, that's intimacy. And saints of God, this is what happened to Stephen. Study Acts chapter number 7. The Bible shows us that Stephen was a believer. He was a deacon. A great believer. But a time came where people began to accuse him of doing something that he didn't. Shouldn't he go to God and say, Lord, why are you allowing these things to happen to me? He didn't do so. He didn't cry to the Lord and say, Lord, this is not fair. 
The Bible tells us that Stephen still remained steadfast and talked about the Lord. And it became worse now. Because the Jews, the people now out there, decided to stone Stephen. Imagine being stoned for something that you did not do. Now just think about it. Imagine being stoned for something that you did not do. Being stoned because you are a believer. Some of you would say, Lord, why is this happening to me? But he was stoned. But look at what the Bible says in Acts chapter number 7 and verse 54. The Bible says, when they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. Next verse. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Listen, you're in your tough time. You're in a tough moment. Yet, the first thing to do is look up to heaven. That's what he did. (laughs) You're experiencing a tough moment. He didn't say, hey, no, no, no. He looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. Some people do well. They start well. They look up to heaven but see a fault in God. They look up to heaven. They start up very well. Instead of looking at the glory of God, they see a fault in God. But Stephen looked to heaven, saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Then the next verse. And listen, this is Stephen. He knows people are are killing him, but he begins to talk to the people. Does it make sense? Look at what he says. He says, look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Ha! Stephen, you're in a tough moment. These people want to kill you. You're seeing God, but you don't want to see him alone. Oh my goodness. Who was in a problem? Stephen. Who was in a tough time? Stephen. But he still said, "Ah, I can't see this Jesus alone. I can't see this beauty of God alone. Let others also see. What does it mean? It means just because you have a tough time, that doesn't mean that's a sufficient excuse for you not to serve God. Some of you count it as a sufficient excuse. God will understand. So what do you do? You, you, you put yourself aside and you say, ah, God, I've got this problem. I need to sort it out myself. But because of that, in your looking to heaven, you're finding a fault of God, rather in God. And what's sad is that if 
you even neglect whether it is your place of service as a child of God, whether it's department or whatsoever. Do you know what you're doing? You are denying others to see the glory of God through you. Stephen wanted to show these people the glory of God. And he even made a prayer for them. Father, these people who are stoning me, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. It takes love. It takes love to make such a prayer. It takes love. They stoned him and he said, Father, one thing I love about Stephen is that he made the same prayers that Jesus made when he was on the cross. He said, Father, unto you I commit my spirit. Do you know what that means? It means it's not the stones that killed Stephen. He decided to go. Because as long as he's seen the glory, he's got enough stamina to take those stones. Ah. As long as he's looking up to Jesus, he's got enough stamina to take those stones. How do I know this? Paul took those stones in Acts chapter 14. Acts 14 verse 9. Go there. He, lis- he listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul, is that Acts, Acts chapter 14 verse 9? Okay, next, next scripture. Ah, 9. Anyway, I've, 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 I've mixed it up. Maybe someone can find it for me quickly. Yeah. Now, the Bible tells us that Paul was you know, fought by people, by the Jews. They called him out of the city and they began to stone him. Sorry? 14 verse 19. Okay, 14 verse 19. Yeah. Look at this. It says, Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul. Listen, that's very clear. I, know, I hope you are seeing it. They did what? They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. Stop there. Saints of God. To stone someone, when you stone someone, it's easy for you to know that this person (laughs) has gone. It's very easy. Because there will be a certain manifestation. Obviously, there will be blood, there will be what, there will be... They... Everyone, imagine everyone was convinced that Paul had died. They stoned him. And they dragged him out of the city thinking he was dead. The next scripture. The Bible says, but after the disciples had gathered around him to pray. No. Just just when they gathered around him. The Bible says he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for death. Not, not that he was nursing wounds or injuries. Someone says stamina. Stamina. Mm-hmm. 
So as long as Stephen was looking at the glory of God and they are stoning him, that man was not going to die. No, 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 he wasn't. He wasn't. But he says, Father, that was the first thing he says, I commit my spirit into your hands. Meaning, he was not killed. He was simply translated. What does that also mean? It also means Jesus laid down his life. He chose. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. He laid down his life. Remember when they first tried to kill Jesus, what happened? Ah, They are chasing one person, but they discovered one person passed through them. Current stamina. Hebrews 2, 12, verse 2. Have you noticed what it says? It says, Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who endured the cross. How did he endure the cross? <laughs> I want to show you, saints of God, that supernaturally you can have the capacity to withstand challenges supernaturally you can have the capacity to withhold and put aside things that come your way this is a heritage for the believers obviously those that are not saved do not have access to it But you who is a child of God, you need to understand that yes, even though you are a human being, you are not an ordinary human being. Because if you are an ordinary human being, the scriptures would not have called you a strange person. It says a peculiar people. Meaning there is people and peculiar people. There is people and strange people. If you were not, if, you, if, if that was not your heritage, God was going to call you just my people. My people, my people. But he says you are a peculiar people. A strange kind of people. Who can yield strange results. We see Stephen yield those results. We see Paul yield those results. How do you explain that? A man is beaten by a viper and he shakes it away. How? It's not a bedtime story. No, it's a reality. How do you explain that? How? He shakes it away. What happened? Acts 16 verse 16. Oh, not Acts. Mark. Uh-huh. Next verse. Okay. Yeah. Verse 17. Jesus is saying to the people, He's saying, Look, these signs will accompany those who believe. He's saying, This thing that you're getting into called Christianity, it's a new dimension altogether. 
He says, if you can only believe, these are signs that are going to follow you. And the first thing he says is that in my name, you will drive out demons. Imagine. In my name, you will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. Next verse. These are the signs of they that believe. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. Now listen. Obviously, Jesus was not talking about something that you have to be testing when the good and joker. No, Jesus said they will pick up snakes in their hands. Obviously, you do understand even when the Bible says he has given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. That's figurative of the enemy. That's figurative of, 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 of problems and troubles. So when it says you will pick up snakes in your hands, meaning you will handle your troubles. You will handle them. And then it says, they will take up deadly poison. They will drink deadly poison. Not because you went to look for poison. But he does understand that troubles want to bring poison in your life. He does understand that troubles want to affect you. He does understand that troubles want to break you. He does understand that troubles want to destroy you. But he says, even if you drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. So they that believe are qualified to be strange. I'm telling you. He's just showing you this Christianity that you're entering into is a spiritual one. Because first of all, casting out demons is a spiritual exercise. You will not cast out demons with your Bible. Physically, at what time a demon? It will not respond. You will speak in new tongues. Meaning this is a language that no mind on earth can comprehend. No mind. It's supernatural. You, then, then it goes on to say, they will place their hands on the sick. They will place their hands on the sick and they will get well. Listen. Have you noticed what that scripture is saying? Listen. There's this. Here's a person who has cancer. Rabba shatalamayadalaba. I speak to this cancer. Go. What am I doing? I'm casting out perhaps a demon of cancer. Alright? But then he shows us another way. What's the other way? It says laying hands. It didn't say praying. <laughs> look at how, look at, read the book of Mark. See how Jesus healed the sick. The Bible says when Simon's mother-in-law had a fever, he lifted her up and she got well. He lifted her up and she got well. Imwe, ah. I'm pushing you to a place where you need to understand that you are not ordinary.
if you can just lay hands on the sick and then they are going to be healed in the same way if you can just sit in a bus because the <laughs> now this time is you are laying yourself on the bus <laughs> the fact that you have just sat in the bus that's when you know that you, for you it's just enough to go to Kitwe and just sit on the bus why because of something that you carry some of you pray and it's very strange the way some of you pray on buses. You only pray for your protection. So. <sighs> very strange, eh? Well, then what about the others? But anyway, I want to show you that there's a greater core. There's a greater core to experience divine strength and stamina but this can be steered up number one through knowledge number two through prayer number three an intimate fellowship with the Lord and I'll give the last one it can be steered up through joy You have to understand that joy is an atmosphere of heaven. Joy is an atmosphere of heaven. The Bible says righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. This is the kingdom of God. In Psalm 16 verse 11, if I'm not mistaken, the Bible says there is fullness of joy in God's presence. Can you imagine? Fullness of joy in God's presence. And then Nehemiah chapter uh, 8 verse 10 shows us that the joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. It's our what? Stamina. Now why am I talking about the aspect of joy? I'm talking about the aspect of joy because I do understand every time Satan wants to do something bad or even just not even certain even natural circumstances every time they are against you there is one thing that is intimidated in your life it's joy but you need that atmosphere to remain strong there is one thing that wants to be punctured in your life if we can puncture if any, if we can puncture joy in your life then then that's all Anything can be done to you. Because joy, number one, is the atmosphere of heaven. Because the Bible says there's fullness of joy in his presence. It's the atmosphere of heaven. Meaning God functions best in the atmosphere of joy. Then not only is it the atmosphere of heaven, joy is what the Bible says stirs up stamina and strength. So sometimes the enemy will deliberately say, Rachel, you And then what do you start doing? Rachel start feeling bad. Rachel start feeling bad. And guess what? Joy is being punctured. 
meaning an atmosphere for God to work, is being put aside. Remember, when there is no God, it's easy for Satan to work. Glory to God. So he wants to puncture your joy. That's why I tell people, have you noticed? If, have you noticed sometimes when you're dreaming, first of all, you dream that you're in an accident. Isn't that so? You find that the enemy first is chasing you in your dream. Now the biggest question, have you ever asked, why doesn't he chase you in reality first before your dream? You're not seeing his weakness. He's, in your dream, he's showing you an accident. Pull the car over ten, seven times. Two. And it even shows in your dream that muliko malilo. But the question is, why doesn't he kill you first? Or why doesn't he initiate the accident first? Then bring it in the dream. It's because the accident that comes in the dream is first to puncture your joy and the atmosphere of heaven. That's when he can work. That's, what, that's the only time he can work. Because after you've dreamt of an accident, you wake up, you'll be like, Oh my God, I'm in trouble. I'm going to die. I'm scared. I'm vulnerable. And because of that, your joy has been stolen, it's been punctured. That's the only time Satan can work. Because he first wants to send you something, and only if you're going to believe it. Under the arena of fear, that's when you're going to attract it. But what do you do? When tough situations come, or when a bad dream comes, count it all joy, wake up. <laughs> My goodness. You dreamt that you died. And then, you know, Satan is so cunning. You can find you dream it, you die, and he even brings the people around you who are, who are close to you. Yeah. 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 It will feel real. It's not like you bring Vidoli or what. It won't say. Hallelujah. But some of us will pray. If you want to use our image, scrambled, can't. <laughs> you, you just dream those, you know, those, those things that it will seem very real. But what do you do? Wake up. Say, yeah, there's dreams. I will not die, but I will live to declare the goodness of God. Oh, the scriptures say he satisfies me with long life. My goodness. Oh, it is written about me that I am blessed of the Lord. It is written by me that if a thousand may fall on my side, ten thousand on my right hand, but it's not going to come near me. What, what are you doing? First of all, you're preserving your joy and you're stirring up stamina. Ah, uh-uh. Yes. And when the enemy sees that, what does he do? He says, ah, I can't do anything. And he goes. That's what happened to Jesus. Satan would come. Listen. Satan would come and say, turn this stone into bread. Now the question is, why didn't Satan bring bread and put it in the mouth of Jesus? He couldn't. (laughs) 
how is it that Satan is showing Jesus a vision of heaven or rather of a high place and he's saying jump? No, the question is why didn't he push him? Ah. Ah. Why son? Why didn't he push him? Because he wants him to jump. Why didn't he push him? How could he? Are you seeing this weak, 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 weak enemy? Huh? He shows him all the kingdoms of the world and says, bow down. If you can only bow down, I'll give it to you. Why didn't he make him bow? Yet the Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Whether ufuna, sufuna, <laughs> you are going to bow. Why? <laughs> He's the Lord. <laughs> Why didn't he make him bow? Because he's useless. That's why Paul was describing problems as light afflictions. He says they are only temporal light afflictions. I hope you're catching something. So yes, today you dream, they've stabbed you, wake up and say, I'm very healthy. Ah, in it, nothing, nothing can happen to me. If you want, like some of us, us we ignore. Not even, not, I don't even, sometimes I don't even need to quote a scripture. Depending on your faith. Ask us. Depending on your faith. There's a time, there, there are so many times people dream about me and say, Pastor, I dreamt you in an accident. Sometimes even before you're about to minister. I dreamt you in an accident. You're with Mrs. Shea. The car overturned four times. I said, thank you so much. But we pray for fire in your dream life. That's what I prayed for them. No, pastor, I dreamt I was at your funeral. Hey. I say, please, look at this face very, very well. You are going to see it. For so many, so many, so many years. Please, don't get tired of it. Why? I know. So be careful with the bad news that you hear. Be careful when a certain situation just comes in your life. When it comes, just make sure, guard your joy. It's an atmosphere that you need for God to work. Make sure you guard it. When they say, no, you've not gotten the job. <laughs> laugh. Sometimes, I know, you know, you can, you can laugh away pain. I call it laughing away pain. Chihuahua, but one more second. but just start laughing. <laughs> but, you know, get back to laughing again. <laughs> yeah. It, it, may be, it may be hurtful, but just laugh. <laughs> hey, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Just, just laugh it away. Love the pain away. But just make sure that your joy is not punctured. Make sure. Because that's an atmosphere that you need. So now, from what I've shared with you, some of you can say, okay, I have troubles in my life. But have you checked all these streams of steering stamina? How are you doing? Number one, how is your knowledge base? 
Number two, how is your relationship with God? Has it remained stable? Number three, how is your prayer life? Number four, how is your, your level of joy? Didn't James say, count it all joy when you go through trials and temptation? Because it worketh patience, and patience worketh. Hallelujah. You're going to remain seated on your seats. 